The following podcast is a deep, shallow dive production. Okay, let's go. Really, these comments that we saw today from President Biden uh, in speaking to donors are really the most pointed that he has made against Netanyahu and the Netanyahu government since this war began. He told these donors that Netanyahu needs to change, but that that is very difficult because of the far-right government that he is in control of. Uh, he went on to say that Israel is very quickly losing uh, global support because of what he, what he called the indiscriminate bombing uh, that is taking place in Gaza. When, when talking about this most conservative government in Israel's history, as he called it, he said that they don't want to see anything remotely approaching a two-state solution. Instead, Wolf, he says that ministers within the Netanyahu government want to see retribution against all Palestinians. So, of course, that is very, very strong language. The U.S. has repeatedly, throughout this war, continued to push for a two-state solution. But, Wolf, we should note that there's no indication that that is something that Netanyahu himself is interested in. Happy Thursday. Hey, sorry about missing yesterday. And let's jump right into it. First of all, appreciate all the kind words about Monday and Tuesday's episode, which I know were a little bit different than our normal stuff. But you know what? I think they were awesome, actually. And I do apologize for a little bit of grossness in those episodes. But hopefully you took away a couple things in regards to your health. I know I already received several people saying they're going to try the magnesium citrate. So I asked them to let me know how that goes. But again, I hope that was a good, you know, couple episodes, two episodes that that really delved into health. And I'm going to continue to do more on it. The next one I'm going to talk about is gut health. I'm finishing up some research on that. Somebody recommended me to do an episode on gut health, and I think that's a great idea. So we'll dive into that. We're going to talk more about, you know, other things like intermittent fasting. I've done intermittent fasting. Gosh, I've probably tried every hour variation of intermittent fasting. And if you don't know what intermittent fasting is, it's basically not eating for a certain amount of hours a day and only eating within certain windows. And there's different type of time frames. They normally start off with something called a 16-8, which means you basically eat everything within an eight-hour period, an eight-hour window, and then you fast for that other 16 hours. So anyway, we'll talk all about that in a future episode. I did want to start off today, you know, kind of diving back into a little bit of this geopolitics thing. And like I said, I'm definitely going to start to mix it up with things, but you know, this is such a big topic right now, and obviously it continues to be, you know, such a controversial topic and a, a divisive topic, you know, really dividing people that I did want to start off with that clip from CNN that talked about, you know, President Biden really for the first time, and it was on Monday, Monday and Tuesday, that he came out with anything negative against the Biden administration, I'm sorry, against Netanyahu and the way Israel's been basically handling things during this, you know, situation after the attack on October 7th. You know, I will say I have talked in a previous episode where we focused on Vice President Kamala Harris and the speech she gave at the COP28 climate change convention. And, you know, I think I said it on the podcast, if I didn't, I'll say it now, you know, I definitely have felt 
a little bit of good cop, bad cop between those guys. I mean, seriously, like a little bit of good cop, bad cop, where Biden's been rah, rah, Netanyahu, we support Israel no matter what, you know, rah, rah, rah. And then she has for the, really the entire time, she's been a little bit, I wouldn't say the opposite of that, but she absolutely whether it was on the 60 Minutes segment that she went on or at that COP28 convention. She's been quoted a couple times in other interviews where, you know, she's kind of said, hey, they've got to play by the rules a little bit. They have to play more by international law and the indiscriminate bombing is not something that, you know, suits the United States. The more important thing, which again, we've talked about a little bit in the episode that surrounded Madam Vice President is, you know, she's the one that brought the Palestinian Authority into the discussion where really nobody's really talked about the Palestinian Authority. So who knows, man, this stuff is a little bit like Game of Thrones. Gosh, I remember watching Game of Thrones on HBO and it's like every episode you, you know, the, the, the people that were previously friends, one of them stabbed the other in the back and they moved forward and then they became enemies. And then two episodes later, they were friends again and they were frenemies. And, you know, who knows? I feel this, this geopolitic global world is a little bit like that. But anyway, so just to summarize on where things are with that, you know, Biden right now, I will say this, I mean, I wouldn't put it past the quote-unquote administration and the quote-unquote powers that be on the Democratic side. You know, they don't, they don't really like Netanyahu. I mean, I know they say they do, but, you know, remember the Netanyahu administration is a far-right administration. You know, I've said several times they refer to him as Israeli Trump. So obviously we all know how Biden feels about Trump. And so, you know, is this, I guess the thing I haven't really been able to piece together is, is all of this some type of, I guess, premeditated thing, or do they pivot along the way based on what happens and then kind of, I guess, look for other opportunities that may present themselves. I'm going to, I'm going to say the latter, the second one I just said, and obviously, you know, things have not turned out the way, you know, maybe Israel thought they would after October 7th. I will say after October 7th, myself included, you know, I think everyone was on their side. It's like, oof, that was pretty awful. You know, anytime you, you know, whether that number was 1400 to 1200, now they're saying that roughly 500 of those 1200 Israelis killed on October 7th were actually IDF soldiers. So then you say, okay, I mean, again, a life is a life. I don't care if it's a civilian or a soldier, but if it's a soldier, you know, I guess you think about it a little bit differently than an innocent civilian, you know, somebody that has gone to fight in a, I guess, military aspect, you know, I think the concept of paying the ultimate price is part of that deal. 
So you still feel bad, but you know, I obviously don't feel as bad that if it's a innocent civilian that was, you know, just in their house. And so now that that civilian casualty number on the Israeli side on October 7th, you know, they have that around 700, which to me is 700 too many. Definitely it is. So, but obviously that's a, that's different than, you know, the original, what happened on October 7th. But I swear from, you know, from October 8th on the Israeli actions, you know, they've lost, they've lost popular support. They've lost the world. Actually, they really have lost the world. I think in most countries outside the United States, for the most part, everybody is on the Palestinian side of things. And it's not even the Palestinian side. It's more, they just are on the side of empathy and you know, not killing of innocent civilians. You know, we are approaching 20,000, gosh, 20,000 Palestinians that have been killed. And, you know, that's a, that's a big number. And, you know, they're not able to, to say how many of that is Hamas and how many of that are innocent civilians. I will say this, the total number of Hamas soldiers supposedly was only 30,000 to begin with. And then again, based on the videos I see in social media, I don't know what the number is. All I know is it's, it's tragic. It's absolutely tragic. So anyway, we'll see what develops there. Now I will say at the same time as Biden said what he said, you know, there was a emergency vote at the United Nations. Well, let's just bring you the latest news from the United Nations General Assembly, which has, uh, in the last minute or so, uh, voted to demand an immediate ceasefire in Gaza. Uh, the votes were as follows. 153 voted in favour, 10 against, and there were 23 abstentions in that. You might remember uh, that the Security Council, 15 members of the Security Council, have previously voted on this, and the US voted against, the UK uh, abstained. So the UN demanding an immediate humanitarian ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war after more than three quarters of the 193-member General Assembly backed the move, which had been vetoed by the US in the Security Council last week. A non-binding vote, but it comes after comments from Joe Biden uh, privately speaking to donors earlier this evening. You know, I thought that last part, and they played it in the CNN clip and then obviously the Sky News clip here, you know, after privately speaking to donors, you know, that... That's just, that to me is not a good look. That is not a good look. First of all, why are you talking to donors about foreign policy related stuff? I mean, obviously we know the answer to that, but again, that's just not a good look. So, okay. The one thing I wanted to do today in addition is I'm going to play a couple more clips that have gotten a tremendous amount of reaction on my the deep shallow dive facebook page and then the deep shallow dive instagram page so there is a separate deep shallow dive facebook instagram there's also youtube a tiktok there's everything but i will tell you the the facebook and instagram it's pretty interesting 
the the difference in the crowds there and the difference in the audience and the difference in I guess the reaction the same clip gets. So let me start off by playing you this clip, which in the Facebook Deep Shallow Dive page, which if you want to join that, just search Deep Shallow Dive and it should come up. This clip... If you're ever feeling useless, just remember it took the U.S. four presidents, trillions of dollars, thousands of lives, and 20 years to replace the Taliban with the Taliban. So that was literally some dude eating like French fries and he's, you know, I'm sure his buddy's recording him or his wife or girlfriend, or maybe he's just got the camera set up, but he's basically talking into the camera at what looks like a kind of a little restaurant. And that's pretty funny, but it's a very poignant message. So if you're ever feeling useless, think about that. Four presidents, $20 million, a million plus deaths. And we replaced the Taliban with the Taliban. Now, to me, that's not really that's not really comforting to make me feel better about feeling useless. And I know he wasn't intending to that to 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 make it feel like that. But I think the point of it was really to just in a backhanded way, you know, you got to think about this stuff. You really do, and everything that's going on right now in in Ukraine, in Israel, you know, we are, oh God, I hate to say we're fortunate because I wish we didn't have that example to look back on, but you know, we've got that example to look back on and we have that, that experience that took place for 20 years, the military industrial complex, the weapons of mass destruction, you know, that big lie, which it was a lie. It ended up not being remotely true, and I have a hard time believing they didn't know that ahead of time. You know, obviously the the World Trade Center, you know, demise. I mean, all that stuff, that's really serious stuff. That really is. And again, where I net out on all this is, you know, it's just, it's just the, the civilian casualties are hard for me to to wrap my mind around. I mean, they're easy to wrap my mind around because without creating a sense of anger that's created by that sense of, you know, unnecessary loss, you know, they can't rile people up to do things. And so, you know, those things rile us up and, 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 and no different than what's been taking place since October 7th or what took place on October 7th, that riled everybody up. And then now, you know, things are playing out little bit different. They really are. They're playing out a little bit different. So that clip on Facebook received 50,000 views, 392 shares, 712 likes, and 109 comments, you know, which is, which is a lot for that. You know, that page is only maybe 60 days old. And then on Instagram, it basically received 426 views and 62 likes. So it's pretty interesting, the difference in audience on Facebook, I will say the boomers, the baby boomers, oh God, I don't want to throw myself into that category. Maybe my technical age. No, 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 no. We're Gen X, baby. We're Gen X. We're hardcore Gen X trending, trending millennials in, in many, in many ways. How about that? But you know, the baby boomers, 
Facebook is their place. It really is. And even the Deep Shallow Dive page on Facebook, you know, when I look at the pictures of the people commenting, I am not going to lie. It is pretty homogeneous white. It really is. It's pretty homogeneous white. So that's pretty interesting that the audience on Facebook has, I mean, obviously I know like me and most of my friends are on Facebook, but I will say I'm really not as active posting as I used to be on there. You know, I still think Facebook wins when it comes to birthdays for sure. I love seeing birthdays on there. Uh, I love seeing Thanksgiving pictures of everybody enjoying their time with their families, Christmas, you know, all the kids' graduations, going back to school. I really feel like that's the best of Facebook. That truly is. And and I love that stuff. I really do. I love that stuff. I love seeing, you know, updates of my friends' kids. I feel like a lot of them whom I've never met in real life, but I've watched them grow up on Facebook. So I think that is incredibly cool. I will say, you know, there is a a toxicity element for Facebook as well, even on the Deep Shallow Dive page, you know, some of these conversations, which when I first created that page for the podcast and started posting things, I thought maybe I should reply to everybody, but then it just became overwhelming. I mean, there was one point I had like 3,600 comments and I'm like, oh my God, there's no way I'm going to reply to all this stuff. So I just let I just let them I let them hash it out for themselves. I give them the fodder and I give them the content and I let them kind of go to town on that. So now let me play a of a, a clip a reel from Instagram. Does wiping out villages um, and looking like you are encroaching more and more with the settlements throughout this conflict is that not just incredibly inflammatory uh, to the Palestinian I'm people sorry, living I'm... in the West Bank? Uh, uh, Piers, there's been no villages that have been wiped out. Well, I, I literally saw one on the BBC where, where it's been almost demolished and the people have been displaced. 200 or so had been displaced permanently. So, so once again, I, I'm not sure what you're talking about uh, and I apologise for not having that information. But the Israeli policy on the West Bank is to live and let live, yes? And if that's, Palestinians that's not are not involved in violence... Mr. Regev, with respect. So that was Pierce Morgan on his Uncensored show, which I've talked about a few times, interviewing that Mark Regev gentleman, who is one of the spokespeople for Netanyahu and for Israel. And that clip on Instagram received 129,000 views and then 1,581 shares and then 988 comments so far. And then on Facebook, that same exact clip barely got 600 views and the comments are, you know, literally like six comments. So those two clips kind of speak to definitely the differences in the demographic. You know, that Pierce Morgan clip, when I looked at the people that were forwarding and sharing, again, I mean, I'm just judging from their profile picture, but definitely the younger generation I, I I will say this young generation, I'm talking like, God, I don't, I don't even want to say fit 18, maybe 15, like younger kids to like 25, 26. They really are looking at what's going on through a different lens. They truly are. 
you know, I'm going to, in a, in a future episode, I want to talk more about what I'm seeing on TikTok. And even though what, what is happening on TikTok is being advocated as negative by, quite frankly, the the older generation and, you know, people like Nikki Haley, she's the, she's the champion of trying to get rid of TikTok. But then there's other, there's other Republican voices, there's Democrat voices. It's not a, it's not unique to one party. You know, there definitely are a subset of politicians that, again, we'll del we'll dive into what I think their reasoning is in another episode. But these kids on TikTok, man, they are, they're bringing receipts. And if you don't understand that young lingo, basically it means they're backing up what they're posting with facts. They really are like, it's impressive. I mean, you've got, you've got kids. I know, I know that young generation, they're under a lot of fire these days, but but I'm sorry, I, I actually spend time on the platforms and I actually take in their content. And when I take in their content, I'm impressed. I really am. I'm impressed at the level of depth that they go. You know, you've got, whether it's the Israel-Palestine situation or anything that involves human rights, you know, anything that involves empathy, these kids don't have the, gosh, I'm going to say luxury, but it's really not a luxury, but they don't, they don't know the history. Like they don't understand the Iraq, Afghanistan situation, which actually, in my opinion, would make it to where more of the older generation should be even more interested in what's going on right now, because we have a, we have a case study that did not turn out well. I mean, that case study was a mess. But for some reason, you know, maybe this is because of the age of information over the past 10 years has expanded so much. You know, maybe when we were going through from really September 11, 2001 till, till, till let's say five years ago, you know, maybe we just didn't pay attention as much, but I honestly feel like with having that, at least for me, I'll definitely speak for myself. Now that I have that case study where I can look back and really analyze the results from the bill of goods that I was sold, like how it was positioned and how it actually ended up, you know, that to me, that's honestly one of the reasons why you know, I look at things right now for, with a critical eye, but I'm very surprised the older generation, you know, the baby boomer generation and, you know, some Gen X, I think Gen X is better, but the baby boomer generation for sure, you know, they, they are, they truly are set in their ways. Whereas this young generation, these kids are beasts. These kids are beasts. And again, they bring receipts like they're going back to the Balfour Declaration in 1917. They're going back to, you know, I thought I was the the brilliant one to find the President Harry Truman 1948 speech, but a lot of these young kids know it. And then and then our age range, or let's say the Gen X age range, barely anyone knows any of that stuff. But these kids have gone back, they've done their research, they've basically 
you know, they, they kind of don't have a dog in the fight actually, and they don't really have skin in the game. And so, you know, they're looking at it purely from a balls and strikes standpoint. And they're basically saying, okay, let's see what's going on. Oh, you know what? I'm not down with this. And so that generation is really standing up. I, I would love to hear from anybody who has kids that might be following this situation or really any situation, any type of geopolitical situation. If any of your kids have opinions on it, gosh, I would really love to hear those and and talk to them about it. You know, obviously I don't need to mention any names or anything, but I would love, I would love that perspective. If anyone has kids that would be willing to jump on the phone with me and talk about that, I'd love to hear what, how they're thinking about this. All right. We are coming up on 25 minutes. I'm going to wrap it up. Hopefully this gave you a little bit of insight into maybe the different audiences on the different platforms. And then again, you know, you know, my goal with all this stuff, I want to reiterate this is, you know, I really just more than anything want to want to give that working knowledge of things. And then, and then when it comes to these current events, you know, I, I I hope it is useful and I hope you do like kind of being able to, to get really the most important things on a, in a top line way, in a deep, shallow way, I should say. And then that way, you know, you feel like you're up to, up to speed because I'll tell you, it is overwhelming trying to keep up. I mean, it is truly overwhelming. There's so much information coming out from so many different sources and so many different content providers that, you know, truly is overwhelming, but I will try and keep bringing what I think is the most important stuff. So at least you've got working knowledge of what's going on and we can go from there. All right. Call a spade a spade. I'm going to let a comedian take us out. This guy's name is Willie Johnson. I think he's hilarious and he makes a really good point in this. He makes a really good point in this. Don't understand. How do you not believe in any conspiracy theories? I understand not all of them, not most of them, but you don't believe in any conspiracy theory? You just think the government's just batting a thousand and telling us the whole truth? That's a strong stance to take. And again, as I said before, I don't like talking about politics on stage or off stage. I don't like talking about things I don't feel like I'm truly knowledgeable in. But I do know this. Our government is placed in charge of all of its people. I'm a father who's been placed in charge of just one son. And I lie to that all the time. This episode was brought to you by Boost Liquid Vitamins. Wake up, take your boost, start your day. Drink your vitamins, build your immune system with Boost. Available on Boost.com.